Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a Thursday, January 7th. The L.A. Galaxy have announced head coach Greg Vanny. I know on the last podcast we said it, but it hadn't actually happened yet. So uh, now it has happened. We have talked to him. Uh, He had a press conference. We're going to talk about the press conference. He's going to be on this show. We're going to have that as well. So got to talk to him a little while ago. We'll play that video for you here shortly. Uh, Jorgen Shelvick update. Uh, Sebastian Legend, Julian Araujo, some updates on them as well. A little MLS update as well to help me do all of it. Eric, the Portuguese hammer is back. Hammer, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I'm glad to be back. It's a happy new year and uh, ready to get a fresh start on things. Obviously, elephant in the room. Everything going on in the world sometimes doesn't feel like uh, the galaxy's the the most important thing to talk about. But it's also uh, some people that's you know they want to focus on other things and distract themselves. I feel like we've we've I've gone through this speech several times in the last uh, you know six to nine months, but uh, you know we're here for that distraction and to give people uh, that escape where they need it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can we can provide that. Hopefully, it's it's something that everybody can uh, can use a little distraction from, and and if that works, then that's great. And you know, fingers crossed, everything works good. Um, we're we're on a new streaming setup tonight, which. May not work a hundred percent, but we're 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 hanging in there for a little bit. Um, so just everybody, sort of bear with us tonight. If it's not perfect, the audio still should be good. Um, so we'll we'll see what we can do, and 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 hopefully uh, that works. All right, all right. Uh, the, apparently already we have audio, some audio things. You're you're getting a you're getting a weird echo somewhere. Um, so we'll try good to times. see see if uh, there's a reason for that. There shouldn't you don't hear an echo, right? I don't. I was gonna say I don't hear an echo. So again. Starting the new year off strong. Yes, I, that, that's that's what that's what we're going to try to do. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that that uh, that gets fixed or at least gets settled. Maybe it's just a streaming thing. And if not, um, you know, I'll just I'll throw you away and we'll get rid of you. Fair and I'll, I'll do the show all by myself. Yeah, I was going to say we've we've handled uh, a part of the show that I I I, I, tech, I don't even need to be here. Yeah, yeah, you you don't even need to be here. It's it's not even important for you, right? It'll be it'll be a fun time. All right, good. We'll uh, we'll get that going, and then hopefully that will uh, that will help us and and do a whole bunch of things. We'll try. I'm gonna try one thing, 
And if uh, if if you go away completely, we will know. Um, and if you don't go away completely, uh, we won't know. Um, so it'll be one of those things. But go ahead, give us a little a little hello. Hello, check one two. All right. Can I do the intro? Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy. I mean, you can do whatever you want. You're 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 a grown man. So um so please yes uh, uh, do whatever you would like to do. But yes, we hopefully we'll have everybody um all settled in here uh, very shortly. And like I said, new streaming setup. We'll see how it goes. Uh, it may work. It may not work. I I'm, I have no idea anymore. All right. You live and learn. Learn yeah. from your mistakes. That's right. We'll, important life lesson. We'll we'll just keep going. So um yeah. So that's where we're going. Everybody says much better. Okay. Good. See, we fixed Perfect. it. I I hit a button and and I we fixed it already. It. Okay. Uh, LA Galaxy announced Greg Van. Um, it is an interesting, um, you know, signing. It's an interesting time for the LA Galaxy. So, you know, it's just, it's a lot of things right now uh, that are coming at everybody very quickly. Uh, and I think the same for Greg Vanny as well. Um, so it seems like uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders. You know, the press conference gets announced. Uh, Dennis DeCloso uh, and, and, uh, and, and uh, Chris Klein were talking as well. Uh, so you got a little bit of them. Uh, and then you got Greg Vanny who went on and on and on about stuff. And I, I think that's, that's not a complaint. Um, there, it will be a complaint eventually, Eric, cause I'll have to transcribe a lot of that stuff and, and do some things, but um, we'll see, you know, sort of how everything goes with, uh, with, with him. And, and if he's always this open or if this is just the initial sort of thing, but he seems like a guy who, who likes to talk and who likes to explain things and likes to do things. So, uh, we'll see it. Yeah. I, I think this could be a good thing. I think in press conferences this year, uh, Chicharito is someone who's been a little bit long winded, but the good thing with that is there's plenty to pull from it and you can, <laughs> there's a lot to digest and to dissect and talk about. And it's a jumping off point for conversations. And you can tell, uh, the way Greg speaks that, um, he gives you a lot of, of information and it, a lot, it's a lot of good information, uh, that you can tear apart and, uh, and really break down and, and delve into all the different things he says. So, uh, you're right. It, it is, it is, he's a talker, but again, in our, uh, line of work that we're doing right now, being a talker is a good thing. Yeah, it, it is. And, and he gives a lot of, uh, a lot of information on, and so, you know, with that, hopefully that, that works well. Um, he he gets announced. He starts talking about a whole bunch of different things. Um, you know, he's talked about formations, Eric. He talked about, you know, players. He talked about um, just sort of his mindset. I, I mean, you know, initial thoughts on here is that you have a guy who is uh, very much in tune with what MLS is and, and perhaps what MLS is becoming. Um, you have a guy who is successful at Toronto. And we've talked about this. Um, and it's it's one of those like sort of weird things where uh, you have a guy who is, who is a, a really important uh, part of the LA galaxy's history um, and, it, and it's past, but is now going to try to take it into the future. I think that was what he was trying to approach more than anything. Yeah. And I think it, it, the, the thing that stood out to me the most, and I, I've said this several times is that Chris Klein said that this one feel, feels different. And I think uh, you definitely say that this one feels different because uh, it's not it's the legacy hire that you're bringing someone who's familiar with the club, but it's someone who is also saying all the right things by saying, yes, that legacy means something and it's important, but it's not the focus. We should be focusing on getting better and changing and making put, putting things right so the Galaxy's uh, back on the map, back at the top of the league like they should too. So it kind of gives you that best of both worlds where you're still honoring your past, but at the same time, um, at the same time, you're moving forward and and put doing putting the next chapter in the book. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it, it's it's 
trying to be this delicate balance in the whole thing. I, I think my biggest thing I got from the press conference, and maybe this was just my takeaway, um, but my biggest thing that I got from the press conference was that um, he understands where he came from, right? He understands uh, what he is, uh, what he was part of with the LA Galaxy. He understands the history. He understands the weight of the LA Galaxy and what that means. He gets all that stuff, Eric. Um, but he's not, and, and by the way, he is not one of those guys who seems like they're going to rely on it. All right. And that, I mean, if we're being blunt, that would be a change from, from the current administration for the LA Galaxy, right? Is we, we've heard it many times and we've seen it many times is that the LA Galaxy rely on the, we're five time MLS cup champions. We've been one of the original teams and we've always been good. Um, and they hang their hat on it. Um, so it's, it, 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 again, it's just one of those those things that you look there and you say, okay, yeah, um, this guy may get it, and he may get it more than um, somebody else, right? I mean, at least that's that's what I'm saying. He may get it a little more than somebody else. Yeah, and, and you're right. I think we've we've even heard uh, some Galaxy officials and some people say, well, we're the Galaxy, and they kind of lean on that. And so you're you're right uh, to point out that this is, he he gets it, and I think that that's a uh, you know, a phrase that I've used before with some people and and in a in a work environment is they have with itness, like they're with it, they get it, they can they you can tell that this person picks things up and keeps moving and and they're just with it. And I I know that's a, a <laughs> it's not a technical term, but I think when you talk about Greg Vanning, he has it. Uh, he has that with itness. You could tell that he he understands the scope of the job. He understands what it takes to put a good team together. He understands what it's like to be successful in the league. He ha- he just has all those uh, intangibles. It's just the one thing. It isn't uh, that flashy move, but at the same time, domestically, uh, he has the right resume uh, to go along with it. Yeah, he can he can walk the walk and talk the talk, right? I mean, yeah. and and that's again, maybe that's a little different. Maybe that's something that hasn't been there before, right? And, and or maybe it hasn't been there since since Bruce. And again, mm-hmm. I don't want to make this a Bruce Arena podcast like it normally is. Uh, I was gonna not, say you do you love you some Bruce. I do absolutely. He was if, if you're talking about the person who was formative in teaching me how all this stuff. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, Bruce was one of those guys who who really formed my opinions of this LA Galaxy team and of, of, of soccer in general. So um, when you when you see him and Greg, he's comfortable in the position. I'll say that right now. He didn't look nervous. Uh, he understood sort of where he was coming from. Um, you know, it's it, it's again, it's a guy who gets it from a perspective. And let's not give too much credit to the LA Galaxy. I mean, they made the correct decision. But it was also a no-brainer, right? I mean, this isn't like something we should sit there, Eric, and really sit there and say, oh, well, the LA Galaxy, they just, oh, man, they 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 dug through the pile and they found this guy and they put him in there. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not that's not how it works. You know, that's that's not as great. Yeah. Greg Vanny fits this and you and I could have made that decision as much as any of the LA Galaxy could have. Yeah, that that's kind of, I, I go back on forth on this a little bit because, um, you want you want to say there should be an exhaustive search, and I just you just um, permanently scarred by the the Kurt Anolfo move, uh, being told that that was they scoured the globe and that's where they landed. Right. Um, but but I think there are moments it's right time, right place, uh, and I think with this one the timing of it and having Vanny you know opt out of Toronto and then become available. You don't you don't need to do a big search when that's the case. And I think Chris Klein tipped his hand a little bit because he said the more we talked to him, the more it became evident. So it seems like 
he was in the process pretty early on and they just, they kept talking to him and, and it basically solidified it. So uh, I, I think that the fact that they maybe didn't do an exhaust, exhaustive search in this scenario, it, it's okay. And right now we're all feeling good. We're all real optimistic and we'll see how the next couple seasons pans out and how we feel later. But at the moment, it feels like it was the right move at the right time. Yeah, it, it, it does. And I again, I don't know how long that's going to last, right? That's that's one of those things where we sit there and say, oh, well, you know, I felt good about Guillermo. I felt good about, you know, Siggy. Even when Siggy came in, it was like, yeah, you know, this is there, there seems to be some hope there. And, you know, it's always difficult to put that in perspective. It's fun to have a, you know, a, a guy who, who excites, you know, the fan base the way that it does. I mean, you know, being a former LA Galaxy player, it doesn't hurt. And everybody knew that. I mean, you know, that's yeah. one of the reasons it made sense was you're like, oh, yeah, that, that sort of makes sense. Um, you know, so so that doesn't hurt. But you want to say it feels different, but does it feel different than all the other times when new managers come in? Or is it just there's a there's a different feeling than there was, you know, three months ago? Then And it's just the change in feelings that, that you're dealing with. It's 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 one of those things. Of course, it's going to feel different, and it's easy to say it's going to feel different because every coach is different. So it's always going to feel a little bit different. Now that echoes back. Okay, I'll put it. <laughs> I, I won't touch it anymore. I promise. All right, good. Stop touching buttons. Yes, uh, I'm done. <laughs> the, the but it really does, and it's it's because of the the resume that he comes with, and you you just feel a little bit more confident the way he carries himself. And I don't want to be the guy who who compares him to Guillermo Barrochcolotto, who came from Boca Juniors, one of the biggest clubs in the world, and and say that it's it's a step up. You know, when you look at those and you're comparing Toronto and Boca Juniors, you're not going to say that, you know, Greg Vanny's coming from a bigger club. Uh, but it just seems like the way he he answers questions and the way he talks about it, he just he brings a little bit more confidence, and you feel like you can trust a little bit more in the situation and i think uh you know rightfully so and you can call me out for this and when gbs arrived we felt good it seemed like he was saying the right things he has the right uh emotion so it's fair to say okay we've been burned by these good feelings before um but i think and and i don't want to be too basic about it or overstate this but it could also be a, a language thing and being able to understand clearly you know what the goals are and what's going on you know that that could also have a little something to do with uh that confidence coming across because obviously Guillermo was extremely confident as a, as a person and as a player right but maybe you know when the, you have to interview in english that confidence doesn't come across as much and that's to no fault of his own it's just kind of the way things are yeah i i can get that and and you know so so when you see greg vanny you see him talking about different things uh my favorite my my favorite part about this or my favorite question um that that got asked was mine and there's no surprise um <laughs> you know whenever it goes there it's just uh, sometimes i think we get lost in the weeds of what we're truly trying to do which is you know the initial um press conferences you, you want to get to know the coach you want to know why he's there you want to know how he got there um i thought dennis de had one of the most interesting lines of the night uh which was basically he stopped for a second during his you know introduction and chris klein spoke first uh chris told everybody as as i think you said uh, uh um eric is that you know there was a worldwide search as it always is um and so you saw that um and then you had Dennis DeClosa come in who didn't say, you know, a whole bunch of, he talked about Christian Pavone, which I thought was interesting. Somebody, I think Kevin asked him about uh, Christian Pavone and where they stood and basically said, you know, Hey, we declined the, the, the purchase price, which was obvious and has been done for a while. And he goes, and now we're still negotiating and that's where we stand. 
okay, cool. We're there. Good. I like it. Um, and then Dennis said something. He goes, you know, I think Greg is he's detail oriented. He goes, and I'd like to sort of reach out and thank Toronto for uh, allowing us to talk to him, Ali Curtis and, and everybody who was over there at Toronto. And that struck me weird then because in order for uh, the Galaxy to have to ask permission, it would ma- mean that Greg Vanny's still under contract with with Toronto. If he's out of contract, they don't need permission to go talk to Toronto. That's not how it works. Um, yeah. But what you're seeing is uh, that, you know, you had you had somebody like like Greg Vanny who got talked to before his contract was over. So we talk about the timing on this and everybody can say, hey, December um, and, you know, the middle of December is whenever it really started. It, it, it happened before that. Um, and, and it had to have happened before that. I'm not saying it happened in October, um, but certainly Greg was aware that the coaching position came open. He even he even sort of hinted at that um, in the press conference. And so, um, you know, I can sort of understand um, that the Galaxy went out and, and got him and he was the he was the good fit. And you can criticize if it doesn't work that they didn't put out an exhaustive search and. That's always something you can do. Um, people like to do yeah. it all the time anyway. Um, so you could do that. But at the same time, you have to understand that it is, um, you know, that, that that this was probably the best choice that they could have made if they were going to do, you know, sort of a, a domestic-based uh, coach. Which uh, Aaron did point out in the chat that since he was from Canada, technically not domestic. But yes. I'm going to count it as domestic. Yeah, but still, because it's the league domestically all as one a unifying uh, move there. Uh, but you're right. I think that was telegraphed by Dennis when he said, when he thanked Toronto and when you think about the timing uh, of Vanny declining, uh, it just seemed, and then Chris Klein mentioning that the more they talked to him and that we were approached by people who wanted this position, so that means they maybe already were talking to him and then pe- you know other people came into the fold a little bit later. So there were some telegraphs and some small hints if you want to put your tinfoil hats on and guess to what happened. Uh, but just to go back to, you know, Greg being a process-oriented person, that's something that I, I chuckled when when uh, when Dennis said it and I chuckled when Greg said it later that he's a process-driven coach uh, is, you know, something that the Galaxy have pushed back on for the, the last year, year and a half has been trust the process. And then we have someone new coming in saying that he wants to instill a process yeah. uh, to move forward. So, uh we're going to have to, you know, begin trusting the process again because that's some, one of the things that he st- stood out. Uh, you know, Greg the Builder likes to build things, likes a process. Uh, and I, I think if, if, if you, you didn't like the phrase, uh, get ready for it because we're going to continue to be in that process this season. Yeah, it, it is. And, and you know, there's there's going to be a question about whether he has the capital, Eric, and uh, to be able to, to command the respect of the LA Galaxy whenever they are, you know, making decisions on some of these things and whether or not he's going to be able to go to bat and say, this is the guy I want and I want you to spend money on this guy. Um, that hasn't always been the case. Uh, and with Greg Vanny, that that might work. Um, you might get something from from him um, where he has enough capital to to sit there and, and demand things. Um, I thought it was interesting because on Twitter, as soon as uh, I started talking a little bit about about Greg Vanny, um, somebody said, you know, oh, well, how is he going to get along with Dennis Closa? Because this just it just it's just not going to work. And I'm like, you can't say it's not going to work in the first like 30 seconds of the guy being announced. I go, it may not work. We don't know that. But it's not like um, Greg Vanny didn't have a general manager at Toronto. It's not like he didn't deal with, I think, two general managers, you know, through his course of time there. Um, And then he was dealing with Ali Curtis as well. So, I mean, there is there's something to this, I I think, uh, that 
that Dennis and Greg are going to have to work together. It feels like, in my mind, and this is not any inside information or anything, it's just, just sort of seeing them talk and seeing them discuss things, is that they seem to be on an equal level. And it doesn't seem like Dennis is is holding or lording things over Greg. And who knows? If, if it comes to a disagreement, maybe maybe Dennis gets to pull rank on it and, and make it happen. Um, and, and, and that could be the case. But for right now, what I've seen is that Greg Vanny has a lot of cachet and has a lot of pull. Um, and I know everybody's been saying, you know, Klein out and they need to get Chris Klein out of there because he's just I really feel like Klein has his hands off of this um, as much as I think he did last year as well. So uh, there's a you know, there's some there's some things to be ironed out here, Eric. But from what I'm seeing so far, um, that's that's what that's where I'm at with, with it, at least. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think this comes to uh, what Dennis has learned during his time with the club is. Dennis brings a, a different scouting network uh, that's in, in, you know, Mexico and South America. And uh, I think bringing Vanny as part of that scouting team and involving him, I think that just adds a layer to your scouting network. So Dennis, that's maybe he hasn't landed on those players uh, from some of those South American leagues or that he's only been able right. to get a loan. I think having Vanny is someone who maybe you'll be able to get, uh, you know, some of those free agents or trade your, your gam and tam for, uh, you know, for, for a player who, who's, you know, successful around the league who you could bring into the fold. I think it's important. He's, he's opening up his scouting network, uh, to someone who's within the league, which I, I don't think is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I may have fixed your audio. I don't know. I've been I've been messing with it while we've been doing like the whole show. So I've been sort of doing it. You know what we're going to do is um, we talked about the press conference. There's some a lot of things. I know you can go to our website. Larry wrote an article. Uh, the videos for the press conference are there. You can watch it all and you can sort of see how it goes um, with with Greg. And I, I think he was open forthright. He was he was friendly and all that stuff. But um, in case you don't want to do that and you don't want to do it right now, uh, Eric and I just about, um, a little over an hour ago got to sit down. Well, I mean, we were always sitting just like we are now, <laughs> uh, but we had a uh, Greg Vanny call us a little zoom call with, with the coach, um, to be able to talk to Greg about it. And so, uh, what we'll do now is we'll play that. So, um, you know, I, I think this is about 18 minutes of, of Greg Vanny and us, which is probably too much of us. And, uh, you know, a little bit more of, uh, of, of Greg Vanny. So that's never a, a bad thing. So uh, here you go. New LA Galaxy head coach, Mr. Greg Vanny. Last couple of days, maybe a busy last couple of weeks for you. I feel like you're on the, uh, the media whirlwind right now, but uh, we, we thank you for, for taking some time to talk to us. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been a little bit busy, but uh, it's all been good. So I'm happy to be here. That's uh, that's great. I, I know uh, your family's back in Toronto. Um, I have to I have to ask what they're thinking uh, right now. Winter, uh, w- winter in Toronto, yeah. and and they're they're they have their eyes maybe set on coming to Southern California here pretty soon. I have to imagine that that's maybe an upgrade. I, I don't know how it all goes. <laughs> it's uh, it's for sure an upgrade in in many ways. Um, so the weather would be the primary one in that category, especially this time of year. But they are. They're excited for the for the move. You know, uh, my my kids, most the three of three of the four kids are very much aware of Southern California. They have friends. They've been here many times. You know, they lived here before we went to Toronto. Uh, the littlest one, he's he's not quite as happy yet because he kind of only knows Toronto, but he'll be he'll be happier once he gets here and he realizes that the beach is close by and, and the weather is a lot nicer year round. So he'll, he'll get there. Is LA home for you? I know you've you're in a bunch of different places, but but would you consider yes. Los Angeles your home? 
Yeah, I, I would at this point. I grew up in Arizona, um, not too far away, but you know, most of my adult life between UCLA and the Galaxy, and and it's been Southern California. And um, so here is where if if I wasn't doing soccer, I would be in Southern California. And now it's just bonus because I get to do soccer and be in Southern California and be with the Galaxy all at the same time. Yeah, it works out well. Um, you, you know, you yeah. accom- you accomplish so much as a player with the, with the galaxy. Um, but I have to imagine that, that, you know, many years ago, um, did you really ever imagine that you'd be the head coach of the LA galaxy or that you'd be in this position? Um, I'm a, I'm a dreamer. So I'd say it probably crossed my mind at some point. Um, you know, even, even when I was playing, I knew coaching was the next, uh, in the next adventure for me. Um, you know, when I was playing the guys that were around me, even the Couchman's Frasers, all these guys, they're like, you need to stop coaching so much and thinking about the next thing in life and concentrate on playing. And, uh, lo and behold, here we are, uh, so many years later and, um, it's what's brought me back to LA and brought me back to the galaxy. So it's, it's something that I always had hoped for and dreamed about. Um, and it's become a reality because timing is everything and things have gone the right way, uh, you know, over the course of the past several years to, to bring me back. So. Perfect. So you, you mentioned, uh, you know, teaming up with, uh, Robin Frazier and Dan Kalichman. So I actually recently watched the feature on the connection that you had with those teammates and how you bonded during your time uh, with the Galaxy in particular in 1998. So how much did your playing time here in Los Angeles and throughout the league, how did that shape how how you manage your players? Yeah, I think, um, you know, all of my experiences as as a player have played a role in it. You know, the, the time that I came into the galaxy beginning years, 96, 97, 98 with Robin and those guys, I was a pretty quiet guy who, you know, sat in the locker room, put myself in positions where I could listen to the veterans and, and learn as much off of them as I possibly could. But I was pretty quiet, pretty shy, but, but was smart enough to open my ears and eyes and, and not talk so much and, and just took in the, the advice along the way. And so for me, it's all been a part of a, you know, a learning process, learn the things that, uh, that you like in situations, try not to do the things that you didn't like in situations. And, and ultimately those experiences shape where you, where you end up as you, as you go to the next phases of, of your, your career. And so um, between those guys, the different coaches I've played for uh, my parents who are both educators, teachers, coaches, uh, my dad, and, whatnot they all have played a part in sort of where I am today and and uh, how I how it shaped the way I manage the way I coach all of those things I, I, I have to ask is there like a is there a thing with defenders because defenders always seem to be the coaches so it, is is it being able to see the whole field is is there something you're not goalkeepers so you're not crazy right you're not strikers so, so yeah. you're not selfish and you're, you're you know I, we're, we're playing on oh, there stereotypes here but I mean what's the defenders thing yeah, I, I think there's there's a bit of that that goes with it. I think from a defensive perspective, you're you're often thinking about larger team oriented things. Um, you're taking a perspective of the collective a little bit more. I think as attacking players, then you're thinking pretty solely about putting the ball in the back of the net, the things that you need to do sometimes as an individual, how you're going to impact the game. Uh, and I think sometimes defenders they get a different perspective from the back, but also just maybe a, a larger collective responsible sort of approach to things. Um, but no team exists without both of those types of personalities. And so I, I think some of it has to do with the personality of the person and not just the actual position that that person played. You know, I might, 
in my experiences, I, I grew up an attacking player my entire life and became a defender later in life. So I've the only thing I haven't really been very good at is goalkeeping, but everything else I've done at some point in my career, at least to have had a, an experience in that space. So, yeah, I, I don't think you, you get the infamous uh, rocket shot that you had uh, without <laughs> attacking a little bit that you're known for <laughs> from your time here with the Galaxy. Yeah, um, fair point. <laughs> so uh-huh. as someone who's been uh, coaching in the league and obviously observes and game plans for other teams, are there any players that are currently on the galaxy roster that you're excited to plug into your lineup? Yeah, definitely. There's quite a few of them, you know, obviously um, without putting in any specific order, I'm uh, just starting from the front. I, I'm excited to work with, with Javier. Uh, he's a player that I've watched over the years and, and the various clubs that he's been at. Uh, for me, he's a, just a proven goal scorer and a box striker who understands how to create space, find windows, find different ways to put the ball in the back of the net. I think it's important that we get him back to, to full sharpness and, and create a framework around him for him to be the best uh, striker that he's capable of being. And that's that, you know, strikers like him are, are they need a, they need, and they are part of a team and, and they're not going to do a lot of those things on their own without, without the team creating great opportunities for them. And, and they have a, a special gift, which is putting the ball in the net, which is one of the toughest things that, that any player has to do. And so I look forward to working with him and, and um, working together on, on, you know, that part of the game. Uh, obviously Jonathan comes with an incredible engine and a pedigree is a fantastic soccer player. Um, I look forward to working with him. I know last year was challenging for him from an injury perspective. I think we can work together to, to help him have a better sort of physical season, if you will. I think we've got some good ideas on how that can work. And, but I think he's just a fantastic sort of engine room type of player in the midfield that in this league and, and most leagues around the world, I think you really want to try to win the midfield. And he's a guy that gives you a good foundation for that. Um, obviously Christian Pavone is a player who isn't here in the moment. We hope that there's, there's a good, you know, way to get him back here. Uh, I think he's an MVP type of player. Um, you know, I think again, he will fit well in a good structured system of where he can do his, his special things and his special qualities with a, with a nice structure and a team around him that can help him to really, uh, continue to excel in that space. There are others, Sebastian Legette. The younger kids, Julian Araujo and, and Alvarez and many others that, um, you know, that I that I'm looking forward to working with. Uh, I'm big on the development side, so I look forward to seeing what all of these young players that are coming from the academy into the first team have to offer and what we can do to help them continue to develop and help the club. You, you know, it's uh, it, it's interesting. I asked you in the press conference about the legacy of the Galaxy and, and certainly as a former player, you, you played a large part in that legacy and, and gave a great answer about the glass and, and picking that out. It's really interesting. And I'm mm-hmm. sure I could do like another two or three podcasts just on uh, all the right. early years. But we've seen former players make statements about the direction of this team and, and how it has been lacking in, in recent years. Um, is is there a pride that comes with being a former LA Galaxy player and maybe, uh, you know, a little bit of, of concern when you see a club like this, five-time MLS Cup champions, you know, consistently always in the mix for years on end and now suddenly, you know, almost falling off a cliff for for, for the last couple of years? Do you, do you feel that there's a responsibility or, or, or you know, a, uh, a worry about what you've seen from the Galaxy in recent years? I, um, what, what I'll say to answer the first part of your question is there's an absolute pride, I think, for everybody who has played in a Galaxy jersey. Um, 
you know, for many of us who were here at the very beginning, we were like, a, it was still a small club that was, you know, kicking off in a very small league. And we were like a family that, that were just embarking on this incredible experience that nobody knew really where it was going to go or what it was going to look like. And, and we became so close as a group of players and Lothar Ausiander, who was the first coach, he pulled an incredible group of guys together who many of you still see around the league and coaching positions and other things. And so it became from from that group, the culture of the club had just really had started. And we started that year in 96, 12 and 0. And I think from that day on, there was just so much pride in being a member of the Galaxy, went to the finals. Uh, unfortunately, it unfolded the way it did. Um, but I, I think from the outset, it, it just, you know, there was it meant something to be a part of the Galaxy. And it meant that you were going to be a winner and that uh you belong to something special. And, and I think that just carried on through the years and through the championships and through the next generations that put on the jersey and so forth. And now when you 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 put on the jersey of the Galaxy, you carry the weight of the, the history and the legacy and the hard work that was laid down by the, the pioneers of, of the club. Um, and I think, you know, players should feel like that, but they should feel honored to be able to be a part of that legacy and have to and feel the pressure a bit of having to, to carry it on. And so... That comes in a lot of things, though. But winning, winning in in soccer in general, and winning in this league is is more than about one thing. It's it's about a lot of things fitting together nicely, from the coaches and the planning and and putting together a uh, you know a system and a team that can win games and and all the things that go with it. There's so many things, and so it's about connecting all those dots properly so that you give your your group the best chance to win. And so. Uh, the pride part of it, we're we're gonna be um, you know stingy about because many of us were here and part of it. The hard work part, we're gonna be stingy about because it's we believe that's the foundation of the club. And you know, I think when I talk to the guys, because I've started speaking to the players individually, they're really excited and they're they're proud to be a part of this club, and they know um, that the expectations are much higher than what is what has, has transpired here recently. So, so along those same lines, uh, given the Galaxy struggles in recent years, do you have any targets in mind either from around the league or from your scouting network? Uh, what are the areas that you feel like the Galaxy roster needs to add depth to? Yeah, I, I think, you know, we want to continue to improve in, in every aspect. I mean, we, we some of that is on the training field and some of it's just in the work that we do and how we set up ourselves to to be a better a better team, both defensively and in attack. Um, obviously we want to, you know, we said it before, we'd love to get Christian back, which would solidify some of our, our attack. I think, you know, still looking at who can, who can probably man the right wing and the right midfield on a consistent basis, give us some pace, give us some depth, give us some, uh, some one-on-one ability coming off of that side. They've got different versions of what can happen there, but I think we want to continue to grow. I think continue to add a couple pieces to the midfield so that we can add some depth and and for me some mobility and some dynamic work in the midfield is is going to be important. Uh, and then just working back, you know, between the center backs and the full backs that we have, we've got to get more out of them and and we also need to continue to look for for that one or two more pieces maybe that can just add some more um, some more qualities that that our guys that we have don't necessarily aren't necessarily their biggest strengths and I, I think. I think back lines are made up of, of teams of people, not necessarily one guy, but four guys who actually complement each other. And, and they, they, you know, one guy might have strengths that the other guy isn't the other guy's strengths and vice versa. So we need to continue to build, build there. Uh, and the last one is goalkeeping. 
you know, we, we want to, you know, have the right goalkeeping crew that we have somebody who is, is uh, competing and two guys or three guys who are competing for that number one position, but we want to have somebody really step in and give us some, some uh, solid performances in that position. So I gave you a very broad answer. I get that um, because I don't think there's one specific answer. We need to make the team better and that's getting more out of the guys we have. And that's continuing to add pieces that can make our team more dynamic for me uh, and, and more balanced on both sides and front and back. Uh, yeah, it, it's, I know there's a lot of work to do 17 players, I think currently on the roster. Um, so another 13, um, that you get to add plus or minus a couple, however, you guys really want to put that together. So, so a lot of work to do. I, it was funny. I was asking some questions to some different people and do, trying to do some background research for, on you before you came and stuff like that. And I was talking to somebody and they said, you know what, he's, he's a real soccer nerd. Right. And I and I said, I said, isn't in the good way or the bad way? Because some people can get lost in the thing. They said in the absolute best possible way. Um, is is that accurate? Are you a soccer nerd? Do you do you like watching soccer? Do you obviously you like playing it for a while? You know, are are you coaching because you can't play anymore? That's usually what what we get it. You just have to have something like that yeah. coursing through you. Yeah, I, I am a soccer nerd. I'm I'm obsessed with the game. Um, and so you know, for me it's always not just where the game is at, but where the game is going um, in all aspects and, and trying to be on the, on the front of that. Um, I think the game is getting faster and more dynamic. Players are getting faster, more dynamic. The speed of uh, thinking and decision-making and all of that is, is speeding up in this game. And so I, I love learning ab about the game too. And then transitioning what I'm learning and learning from the people that I'm working with, whether that's players. So I just, I love it. Like I can't get enough of it. And for me, I didn't start coaching because I couldn't play anymore. I started coaching because I knew it was next and I was ready to get into coaching. And so I, I just quickly transitioned to that. For me, I went into the development side specifically because I wanted to learn how to teach before I even went into just being an assistant coach or anything like that. Because I think that's, a, that's an important part of being in this league is understanding how to communicate and how to, to get your ideas across to players so that they can best utilize those. That's great. Yeah, well, uh, I'm someone who comes from an education background, so to hear you say that, I think that's important to mention that there's a there's a way to learn on on how to teach people as well, and it's important uh, that you mention sure. that. So I, I like hearing that. Well, uh, so, so soccer at the end of the day is just another subject, right? Yep. Just like math or anything else, and you need to know how to break it down into teachable parts. And so it, it is. That's what coaching is teaching, and uh, managing is something different, but coaching is teaching, and and. Um, I, that's what I enjoy that I grew up in that household in my house and, and with my family, uh, everyone was a teacher. So it became, uh, I think just naturally a part of how I view things. So very nice. And speaking of uh, the game evolving to where it is, you're walking into one of the biggest, if not in my opinion, the biggest rivalry in MLS with El Trafico versus LAFC. What are your feelings about jumping into a rivalry like that? Yeah, I'm excited about it. You know, I came from the Toronto FC Montreal, which if you're in Canada, that's a big deal. Uh, two, two clubs with and cities with massive history and, and going against each other. So I, I look at this as another exciting um, rivalry. I think that's what the sport needs. It, it Not only is it a rivalry and it's great for our fans, but it's it's great for the sport and it's great for the intensity of the game people feel rivalries. And when you feel something in a game, that's what, that's what really draws you in. So I, I'm, I'm excited about it. First and foremost, our focus and attention is solely on us and making our team better and laying down our style and system of play and all that kind of stuff. And when the schedule comes out, 
uh, and we see what date that first game is against LAFC, we'll circle it. But we have a lot of work to do on ourselves before as we start to build up to those those moments that are in front of us. Well, well, Greg, we've already uh, kept you past when we said we were going to do it. Yeah, I hope this is because I talk too much. I get it. <laughs> you, you know what? You're good you're, in, you're in good company <laughs> between people who talk too much. Yeah. I think I think we've been accused of that many times. Um, but no, uh, hopefully this is the first of of many, and we'll have you back on whenever uh, whenever you're available. We always appreciate the insight. Um, good luck. I know it's going to be uh, some crazy times trying to get everything going, and certainly uh, the the course forward in Major League Soccer isn't exactly clear right now. How everything's going to start. Yeah, sure. But uh, welcome back to Los Angeles. I know a lot of people are. Are, are happy that you're here and I'm, I'm i'm sure we'll talk to you again real soon all right i appreciate it thanks for having me on greg uh, certainly appreciate you taking the time to join us all right all right there, there we, go. we go um, um yeah it, it's uh, greg vanny was great we're, we're glad that he was able to uh spend some time with us um and talk with us and you know it's it, it's one of those things that um it could be awkward, Eric, whenever you're talking to somebody who you haven't talked to before and, you know, especially about about a job as important as the LA Galaxy. I mean, we can minimize the job of the LA Galaxy in terms of it's still just a coaching position in Major League Soccer, Eric, you know, but at the same time, that's not true. Um, it's bigger than that. And we just had the coach of the LA Galaxy sit down and talk to us and explain. And by the way, he did it in the press conference, too. If you want him to explain things in detail, Eric, he will explain things in detail for you. This is not a guy who's going to uh, lack uh, understanding. In fact, I look to whenever I ask him something stupid, like it's going to be, oh, well, I saw you did this. And then he's going to come in here and tell me the 17 things that I didn't see and why that happened and what it led to. Yeah. And it just goes back to what we said at the beginning with the having it and, and being engaged and, and being locked in. He just He just has that. And I think... Uh, if he wants to shoot to the top of the power rankings for favorite head coach of all time, uh, coming from a house of educators and teaching being in his blood and, and that difference of, you know, knowing that coaching is teaching and it's a different skill. Managing players is almost a different bucket and just kind of that understanding that, uh, what, what do they call it? EQ, that emotional intelligence that just, he, he seems to, to really, uh, you know, have a hold of everything. And I think if you're, uh, and again, here I go comparing things, but if, if rumors are to be believed, uh, the, you know, the previous coaching administration was more of a roll the ball out and let the players do their thing. Uh, Vanny seems a little bit more of the opposite who he wants to get more down and dirty with the tactics and teach players to do certain things or instruct them to do certain things. And I think that's something to be excited about because it's going to be a, a shift to some of the the sad days that we've seen uh, in the last couple, couple seasons. Yeah, it, it could be. Um, again, engagement is there. He, he has it. I mean, uh, the best, and you and I were joking about this. I think the best question was your question about, you know, where do you see the needs for improvement? And you started basically at the top <laughs> of the field and ended at the back of the field. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, and by the way, he's right because the LA Galaxy don't have a starting lineup right now. I mean, yeah. so he, he's not wrong, right? But it is. Yeah. And he even was joking with it at the end. There was this yeah. like sort of broad and, you know, that type of thing. Well, that's kind of the running joke that we've had, you know, since these offseason shows have started. And even during the, the 2020 season, it's, you know, where did the Galaxy need to improve? Well, uh, they need better midfield, better defenders and goalkeeping and uh, another striker. It's like, well, we just named every single position on the field. And when we asked Vanny that question on where depth needs to be added, he basically mirrored that uh, by basically rolling through uh, all the positions. Another thing that I found, found interesting is he did mention Christian Pavone. And so, you know, we didn't ask about Pavone, but he kind of volunteered that name 
game as a player that he wants to bring into the fold. So if you go back to what uh, Dennis was saying at the press conference with negotiations being ongoing, I think the Galaxy have a lot of leverage. And if Vanny is mentioning him in interviews, I think that's a positive that shows that there's still that possibility that, um, you know, that Pavone could be back in the fold. It's It's not quite dead yet. Don't bring out your dead. Yeah, that, it, yeah, it's it's not it's not there. Um, give it some time to breathe, and you know, Pavone very well could end up back. He's there's a whole bunch of strife going on there. He's not apparently not showing up for Boca, and so there's some demands going on. And I think Dennis even said it whenever, maybe whenever we were talking one time, um, whenever he was on this, but that Christian Pavone wants to be in L.A. I, I think that if Christian Pavone really wants to be in L.A then he's making it known right now to Boca that he really wants to be in LA. And and if yeah. that's, that's the case and that plays out, maybe he ends up in Los Angeles. So uh, just, just interesting stuff. Again, uh, thank you to the LA galaxy, uh, Brennan Hannon and, uh, and Greg Vanny for, for stopping by. And um, I am hopeful that Greg seems approachable enough that he will be back on the podcast. Certainly he's doing his media whirlwind. He was on extra time radio uh, today. So, you know, you can catch that. Um, if you, if you want to hear more from Greg Vanny, I think it was about 20 minutes over there. Um, he had his press conference. There's plenty of stuff about Greg talking about the LA galaxy right now. And I'm sure there's some repeats, but um, there's some, there's some fun stories in there as well. So uh, make sure yeah. you dig in through those and, and check those out. Anything final thoughts on, uh, on Greg Vanny before we have to go over to one of my favorite topics, which is Jorgen Shelvick. <laughs> Again, we're introducing a new coach. It's a brand new year, and we're going to segue into Jorgen Shelvik news. But to to wrap a bow on uh, on the Vanny press conference, I'm going to go back to how he opened it, uh, saying that he, it's unfortunate that they couldn't be in person. He wanted to get to know uh, the media, and I think you know, for those of you who are listening, and for those of you who are a part of it, I think that's that's a that's a signal that. He wants to get to know and develop that relationship. He want, And he's a talker, uh, you know, so if you want to have transparency, if that's something that you feel like the club has lacked, it seems like Greg's the type of person who's going to develop those relationships with the local media and the national media and be able to share his thoughts. And you're going to know what's going on with the Galaxy because he's going to be developing those those relationships. So I think that's a positive uh, in terms of knowing what's going on with the club and, and having a clear understanding. Vanny's going to bring that um He's going to bring that, and that's an exciting thing. So with that being said, to Jorgen. Let's yeah. talk Yorgs. Yeah, I was going to say the, the only other thing. I'll, I'll, of course, I wanted to say one more thing about Vanny now. Um, <laughs> I, I would say he seems very personal, very approachable. He want to explain things. You don't want to cross that guy either. I'm telling you right now. That's <laughs> it's, it. You've seen it in Toronto. He's very passionate about what he does. He understands what he does. He doesn't like it when things don't go his way in terms of, you know, the things, the plans that he's laid out. Um, so so get ready for that. Um, that part is there too. And that's that's okay. That's what you. That's what winner, winners have that quality. That's a good thing. He, he has that. So anyway, uh, Jorgen Shelvik indeed. Um, so today there was an alert that came out and basically said uh, that Jorgen Shelvik had signed with Danish side Odense Bold Club or OB. Um, it was per their website. Um, they are in the uh, the Danish Superliga. Um, and so they're in ninth place currently in, in the Danish Superliga. And this is the team he's been playing for when he's been quote unquote on loan. Um, they seem to have announced that he got signed, okay? As in signed full-time, not as a loan. It didn't say anything alone, and they were talking about that. Um, and, and that was directly basically from their website. So the team's website says that they signed him. Um, it, it seems like that could still possibly be true, um, but we don't really know the mechanism by which and how that made true. And the reason it's confusing is this, is that 
Uh, Jorgen Shelvick was not on the out of contract list, right? So we know he wasn't out of contract. Uh, he wasn't on the option decline list. So it's not like the LA Galaxy declined his option. So as far as we know, um, at the end of this year and beginning of 2021, before we got this news, is that Jorgen Shelvick would continue on loan. Um, that doesn't seem to be what has happened. It seems that he has signed with, with OB. Um, and if that's the case, he's then removed from the galaxy completely. Uh, I'll say this. It really doesn't matter one way or the other, it, 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 except for some technicalities because he was a full cap relief guy. Anyway, uh, they weren't paying any of his salary. OB was paying it. And so, um, you know, as far as I understood, the LA galaxy got uh, full, full cap relief from that. I don't know if I believe that, but that's, that's the story that I was told. So I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Um, I think it, go ahead. one of the the funniest parts about this is that you, when you posted that the club said through 2023 is when they signed him through. And so it's like, okay, this is finally done. We're done with the Jorgen saga. It doesn't have to come up after each season. And then you, you start to think, well, wait a minute, maybe this, they've that's when the contract is supposed to end and they just signed him for the rest of that time. So there's a possibility that it could still be that they just picked up the rest of the contract. So he's still on loan for the next three years so who knows how long that contract was or what exactly is going on uh but you're right for 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 all of the purposes of, of the galaxy uh he, he's not coming back so they don't have to worry about it uh and so you don't have to worry about the cap hit you don't worry have to worry about ro- roster spots international spots so uh just shocked that we still have to talk about it but uh right <laughs> but you know for the purposes of the team fortunately it's, it's not something that's that's hamstringing them um, it, it, the only part that I would say is still sort of left out there is that if it was not a mutual contract, then OB technically, you know, got a transfer of the player and then there could possibly be a transfer fee to the LA galaxy. There's not going to be, I mean, that's like, that's, that's extreme on the <laughs> extreme. Asking a lot. Yeah, that's, it is asking a lot. Um, otherwise I would imagine this, that they mutually uh, terminated the contract and then he was free to sign with whoever he wanted to. And then that closed the deal and sealed the deal and it's done. I'm still looking for clarification on it for all intents and purposes. He, he's not coming back and he's gone and he's, he's over with OB. That seems to be the truth, but as with everything, Jorgen, it's, you know, shades of gray with, uh, with Jorgen Shelvick <laughs> you never quite know. He, he'll probably be back next year listed on the roster, uh, in the reentry draft again. And everybody will sit there and say, please take Jorgen. Um, and, and, and so that'll go, uh, other news, uh, around the LA galaxy is that, uh, both Julian Araujo and, um, Sebastian Legette have been called into the U S men's national team. Now it's a little different. They're actually training. Uh, there's 12 players that are basically training with the U S men's national team. So the senior team, and then they had a, a bunch of players, I think, uh, 13 maybe, or maybe, maybe more than that, um, that were training with the U S U 23s under Jason Christ because they're the Olympic qualifying team. Right. And that team has not, um, that, that team has not come back, um, or has not trained together in a while and Olympic qualifying is starting here rather soon. So, um, you had Julian Ra who go, who got called up to the U 23s. Um, and then you had Sebastian Legette who got called up to the U S men's national team. They're going to train together, uh, during all this and, and, and sort of see how that goes. Um, and then at the end of that camp, Eric, which is weird, uh, the senior team has a game apparently that they're going to play. Um, and that game, that means they will promote some of those U 23s up to the senior team as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, to me, the big signal to this is Olympics. 
Uh, I think the Olympics, because that's mostly a youth squad, you're, that's who the, the type of players who you're seeing called up. And then maybe they'll cherry pick from this, you know, camp, what's traditionally Camp Cupcake with the MLS, mostly MLS player side. They'll probably pick a few of those players to mix in because you are allowed to bring uh, some older players, some older pros into the mix. And so I think to me, this is just kind of a big signal for the Olympics, getting them all working together and training together. And then the full men's national team side is probably going to be stacked with mostly European-based players and then some of those MLS-based players, Sebastian Legette being possibly the exception because he seems to be, uh, you know, on Greg Berhalter's good side, seems to get, be, keep getting those calls, w- which is a good thing. I was uh, speaking with Gio Garcia from LA Soccer Hub yesterday, so shout out to him doing his thing uh, on his show. And and it's what you want. You want Legette playing with confidence, getting called up and being – uh, you know, thought of that level of player. And I know the chat has some fun with saying you want him playing as well as possible because if you have to sell him, you can sell him at a high price or trade him <laughs> for something well too. Irregardless, as you like to say, yes. it's a good thing because, you know, he's going to have confidence. He's going to be playing well. He's going to have that U.S. men's national team player tag. And then the same thing, uh, you know, sticks with Julian Araujo. You want him getting called up. You want him getting those reps. Uh, you know, the the part that it hurts is you lose those players for part of the season. Yes. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's a feather in the cap. And you want you want your you want players from your club to be playing at a level where they get called up. Hey, that's uh, that's that's uh, uh, Greg Vanny's job to worry about the players going off now. All right. I, it's, yeah. I'm done. I'm done worrying about it because, you know, I was <laughs> it was usually me worrying about it. But no. Um, not anymore. Uh, Greg Vanny takes that over and, and has to deal with that. But I mean, it's important to point out talking about getting better across the field. The LA Galaxy need a backup right back. We've said that. We know that it's something they have to do. They have 13 players to do it. They have four international slots to fill. Um, you know, they may actually have less than 13 players. They might only have 10 in order to fill if they sign those three young kids. But then they could always loan them down to LA Galaxy, too. Yeah. I mean, the machinations of all this are just maddening and it, it drives <laughs> me crazy, too. But uh, roster sits at 17 right now. Um, the final thing we wanted to touch on and you know i said it at the end with with greg in our interview with greg was we don't know where mls is heading and that's true we don't know where mls is going right now and and that's a problem um it's a it's a it's a problem because you would like some certainty but with covid you you don't know what that is uh the owners uh enforce the the force majeure clause which basically now means um that the players and the owners have 30 days or 28 days i believe is what it actually is um to to negotiate something um and that ends on uh, January 28th. Um, so they have to renegotiate a, a collective bargaining agreement by January 28th. And if they don't, um, there could be a lockout, which is the owners locking out the players. There could be a strike, which is the players striking against the owners. Um, or absolutely nothing could happen and they can say, hey, we'll just continue to go by the CBA because we want to try to get something done. That's what's probably going to happen on the 28th. Um, but, yeah. but the big news here, Eric, is that MLS came out with a, a proposal um, for the CBA and basically said, listen, We'll take the current CBA that we're operating under and we want to extend it for two more years, basically through the 2027 season. And you can sit there and try to guess sort of whether or not that's a good move or a bad move. Here's here's why it might be a good move for the players, Eric, is they get 100% pay. Okay, they took a 5% pay cut last year and so they didn't get all that money. Now they would get 100% of their pay. But it does mean that renegotiating a CBA um, is going to take a little bit longer, right? Through 2027 is a long time. That's six years. Yeah. Um, maybe, is it is it six seasons? It's always tough to do the season 21. The, a seventh season, maybe? The seventh season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so when you do that, they'll get 100% pay. But the terms of that are actually probably going to save the owners anywhere between... 
100 and 150 million is was sort of what they they figured it would it would save. So there's 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 money um, that yeah. is being saved in extending that CBA. And you know, <laughs> I hate to be the guy taking the side of of the big corporation, but you know, with with that CBA was negotiated. It was pre-COVID times and a little bit of a different scenario. So you have to factor in that we're now in post-COVID times or. <laughs> If not, if you live in the United States, that's a. Well, it, we will be working in post-COVID times eventually. Uh, that you know that it, the there's going to be lasting effects and an impact, and there need to be, unfortunately, there need to be some concessions, and unfortunately, the players might be on on the wrong end of that. The the positive is that you know getting a hundred percent paycheck is a good thing because if they're not going to have that money coming in at the gate with the owners, but the players are still going to get their paychecks no matter what, if they have to shorten the season, whatever it is, and they're still going to get their full pay. I think that's a compromise that they could probably live with. And these terms with the CBA were agreed upon. So it's not like uh, the players are going to be that far off. They agreed to this at some point. It's just a matter of extending it, which may hurt them, uh, you know, monetarily a little bit down the road. But at the same time, it could just be, you know, unfortunately because of the force majeure of the, the act of God, uh, it could be just something that they might have to deal with, unfortunately. Yeah. It's, um, you know the 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 savings of between 100 and 150 million dollars is is a lot of money um it is only you know 15% of the 1 billion dollars that MLS claims they lost um it, you know the and the idea is that there was projected revenue in that number as well so you know you you can't lose something you didn't have but at the same time it is if you were planning and budgeting on that revenue then yes you you can have losses in, in some of that stuff so uh, MLS hit a lot is it a billion dollars no it's not a billion dollars but yeah it, it wasn't cheap um, and we know just with the charters that it was a lot of money so um you know, I think the players have a pretty big grievance here working against the, the ownership right now. Um, the fact that they asked them to, you know, 20 percent of the of, of the players in Major League Soccer during last season contracted COVID-19. They are putting themselves on the line. They're putting their health on the line and they're asking them to lose money. I mean, you can say that in 2027, you know, overall, it saves them 100 to 150 million dollars. That's, you know, that for for anybody, that's maybe, you know, maybe that's five or six grand in your pocket every year that you're missing out on because of, um, you know, what ends up happening. So it is something. And I think the players are going to be much more stringent with with whether or not they accept it. They're going to be strict on this. I, I don't know that they can be because it's during a pandemic that's, and you have, it's, it's, it, that's where it gets tough because they, they've been, they've been run over for so long that you think that they, they want to stand firm. They want to make a statement. They don't want to be taken advantage of, but it's just, you know, force mature. The things happen that are, have put it a little bit out of their control. So, uh, yeah, it's tough. What 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 are they what are they willing to to concede on? That's what it's going to come down to. Because if if the season is going to go on, I think the players will have to make some concessions. Interesting. Uh, basically, the start of camp is around January twenty eighth. Is right around the end of January, um, and then the start of the season in quotation marks will be you know beginning of March. Um, that's all tentative right now. The way vaccines are rolling out in a slower than anticipated manner, um, you know, maybe we're not back in the stadiums by you know summer, end of summer, or fall. That could be a, that could pose a significant issue to to Major League Soccer. But I think you know, as far as most people are concerned, that there is going to be um, a push to have limited number of fans in the stadium. And I don't know how well that works in California. It hasn't worked well so far. Um, and so I don't see that being, you know, one of those guiding lights or, or, or things that you can sort of look forward to. Um, but with vaccines, 
I, I think that starts to open things up a little bit. So we'll yeah. we'll have to sort of see how 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 that handles things, right? I, I think uh, Sean Payton, the coach of the New Orleans Saints, had he had an idea about getting forty thousand people to quarantine and get them tested. That way, they can get a full stadium for the NFL playoffs. And so, <laughs> you know, you you have people trying to think outside the box and making things happen. And and you know, if I said that the the MLS players are going to have to make concessions, maybe uh, one of the things where they get back is it's player safety, where they they if they don't feel safe then where they do have the leverage is if, you know, you need the players to play the game. So if, if they're not going to be protected, uh, if they're not going to be safe, then that's where you may see a lockout and, and something happen. So they do, they do have the leverage. And so we'll, we'll see how, uh, you know, and it's, it's local markets too, because every state handles it a little bit different. Uh, so, you know, some are owners going to be partially made whole and others are not. So how, how do they figure that out in the wash? Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting, again, to sort of watch uh, and, and see how that all plays out. But we'll keep you updated as it goes along. So um, that's that's I, I think we did a pretty good job tonight. I know there were some technical difficulties at the beginning. Um, I feel like we tried to work through those. We yeah. realized that my computer can't handle us talking and doing a bunch of things. I mean, we even had to pare down just the, the, the graphics on the show as well if you're on YouTube. <laughs> we'll get it all figured out. We're working yeah. on it. So, um, and- yeah. And I'm here to I'm here to have your back and and to shout you out that the the to give people a peek behind the curtain the the to get the show up and running uh, you know you saw the quality of the Zoom call it's not quite there <laughs> so to get the show looking decent and then to put out a good you know video product it, it you have to move some small mountains and and you know we're trying our best I know Josh has a lot of uh, gizmos and gadgets behind uh, behind his screen there to make this all fly so yeah it's not going to fly first time out. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll adjust, we'll, we'll get better. We will overcome uh, better days are ahead. <laughs> I, I like that. That's good. All right. <laughs> um, Erica, why don't you go ahead and tell people where they can find you and, uh, we'll get on out of here for tonight. All right. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at hammer EV. You can also follow me for all your Instagram galaxy player news at galaxy profile. That's galaxy P R O F O U L. All right. And if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerthegalaxy.com. You can find our podcasts, our articles, all that fun stuff. Big shout out to Greg Vanny, new LA Galaxy head coach, for coming on the show. Thank you to the LA Galaxy for making him available as well. All right. Uh, I think that about does it for us tonight. For Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening and watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.